You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Buckle up, everyone. It's time to get this show on the road. Time for Dave's Corner Garage, your Saturday morning joyride on Zoomer Radio. Got a car question for Dave or Alan? Call now, 416-360-0740 or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. Okay, now hit it! I almost missed the point where you start the show. Anyways, good morning, everybody, and welcome. It's Dave's Corner Garage. My name's Dave Redinger, and I'm in the studio here with Al. Actually, I'm not. I'm at the cottage, but it doesn't matter. Uh, we've got a great show lined up for you. We usually do. And today, we're going to be talking with Darren Bossens from Triangle Tire. Triangle Tire has been around for 40 years, and we're going to sort of flesh out that information. It's uh, a long time to be a tire company, I have to be honest with you. Uh, Michael Stewart from the CAA. We're actually going to talk about bicycles. I hate bicycles, but there are people that do enjoy them. And I always know that every bike on the road means one car is less on the road. So I should be happy about that. Mike is going to talk about what's called the Road Cycle Coalition. And we'll talk about the CAA and their support of friendly communities that are building bike lanes and bike, uh, I guess, what's the word I'm looking for, Al? Pathways. Pathways. Good word. Okay. I just made that up, and, actually. <laughs> Stu Ralph uh, from the North Toronto Auto Auction is going to join us, and he's going to talk about a new site called Auto Gavel. This is a unique way to buy a car or sell a car. You know, with the pandemic going on, all kinds of businesses, especially auctions, restaurants, um, hairdressers, all these guys are closed and they have found different ways to stay in business. And Stu Ralph has come up with this new app called Auto Gavel and Auto Gavel will allow you to sell your vehicle or buy a vehicle with the safety knowing that you have 72 hours to give it back if it's all wrong. Al, you ever bought a car you didn't like? Uh, yes, I did, as a matter of fact, but I only found out, of course, after I bought it. But it, it, uh, didn't, it didn't come with a guarantee, so I was stuck with it. Yeah, it's always a problem. You know, when you're personally shopping, it's, it's buy here, pay here, and, and you own it. Yeah, no, and then I bought something at a mall that I'm not going to say which one, but, uh, and, and when I got home, it didn't even work. <laughs> then I, I called the store, and they said, well, there's no, no returns. And I said, what are you talking about? It doesn't work. And they said, oh. Um, well, did you not see the sign in the store that said uh, no returns, no refunds? I went, oh, my God, I couldn't believe it. No. So in other words, you got fornicated. Well, no, I went back because I, 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 they didn't play any soft music first, and I, I wasn't going to allow them to fornicate me. So, uh, <laughs> But except that in the end, uh, I couldn't get a blue one. I had to take a pink one. So, I, I you know, they, they whatever. <laughs> 
You know what I found is, especially with used cars, is 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 everybody stresses the cars differently. I drive it one way, you drive it another way, Joe drives it a different way, and the car goes through different forms of stress. And I think that's why used cars have always had problems in in the fact that you know the guy drives it harder than it should be, or or not as hard as it should be, and and it has to get used to the new owner. Well, no, that's very, very true. You know, that's why they used to tell people every once in a while you got to take it out on the highway for a bit of a run. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I or the other way around. You know, the guy's never driven it hard, and you've taken it out and you've pasted it. So, all right. Well, we're gonna, after the break, we're going to be bringing in Michael Stewart from the CAA. So we're yep. going to be going from four wheels down to two wheels right down after this break. Wheels. This is Dave's Corner Garage. We're back, and it's Dave's Corner Garage. My name is Dave Redinger, and I'm we're with Alan Gelman, who's our co-host. And the headline says, Share the Road Cycling Coalition announces bicycle-friendly community awards. And the bottom line is, if you like biking, uh, these are certain towns that actually have bike lanes and are bike-friendly. And with us is Michael Stewart from the CAA, who supports this program. Mike, good morning. How are you? Hi, good to be you. Thanks for having me today. It looks like the warmer weather is finally here to stay, so it's a perfect time to talk about bike safety and sharing the road. Exactly right. So every bike on the road means a, that means a car is not on the road. That's correct? Yes. Uh, so especially during this pandemic, we've noticed that a lot of people had a reduced commute, obviously, with uh, stay-at-home orders and offices being shut down. So that did give people some opportunity to while their car was sitting in their driveway, maybe dust off their bike or maybe even go out and buy a new bike and take that bike out onto the road and experience the joy of traveling on two wheels. So tell us which communities are actually bike-friendly. Is Toronto bike-friendly? Toronto is a gold-level bike-friendly community. And in our most recent announcement, we had two more uh, GTA communities move up to the silver-level designation, which were Markham and Oakville. There's also a lot of other communities within the GTA, like Oshawa is a bike-friendly community, Mississauga, Richmond Hill, uh, Newmarket. So there's quite a few bike-friendly communities around the GTA, which is great because it means that almost no matter where you go, there's a safe place to go cycling. So I know Al's going to ask you, what makes a community bike-friendly? So there is an extensive application process that communities need to fill out and show strong justifications for how they are committed to cycling. Communities also need to engage with their local cycling clubs and safety groups to show that there is community support for their application. Applications then go to a judging panel, which CA is a part of, as well as other professionals in the industry. And from CA's perspective, we mainly look for communities that offer strong examples for education. So whether that is to school-age children or adults, as well as encouragement. Does the community have a bike share program? Are they hosting events where people can cycle? Uh, and evaluation and planning. So assessing and meeting the needs of the cycling community and making sure that infrastructure is staying up to date, making sure there's enough bike parking in place, and even opportunities like bike fix at stations that are put up in parks. Michael, it's Alan. It's here. Just a quick question. Uh, a lot of people use Waze and Google Maps. Um, is there a connection between the bike-friendly people and, and these two companies? There isn't a connection between the Bicycle Friendly Community Program and those two companies. 
but I know that both Google and Waze do have bike options on there. So if you do want to look up a bike route or look at for your destination and how to bike there, that is an option on Google and Waze. Oh, so we'll show up there if, if I'm interested in biking. Correct. Uh, so, for example, if I wanted to get to my grocery store down the street, mm-hmm. uh, I can put that into Google and it can show me uh, the safe, the safer biking option to get there. Okay, great. So that uh, oh, so it actually gives you a, a a way to go safely. Interesting. Correct. So now, in cities like I was watching a program about Buenos Aires, where they were taking donated bikes and giving them to people so that they would get get into biking. Is there programs like that here in, in Canada? There are several programs like that here in Canada. So actually, in our most recent bicycle friendly community judging call, which was yesterday. One of the communities actually had a farm worker program. So workers that were coming into the country for the season to work on the farms, mm-hmm. they actually provided refurbished bikes for them for the entire time that they're here, as well as bike safety equipment. So that way they're able to have an affordable means of transportation. They also tell them what bike trails are around them, what businesses are there that support biking. It's a great way for people to, when they're coming into Canada for those jobs, to also explore the local community and there is a shortage of bikes right i mean if you go to a bike store they don't even have stock so this would be a way to get old bikes back on the road and uh get them back being used that is correct and and uh you hit the nail on the head there there's quite the bike shortage happening right now uh from a personal story on from my perspective i was actually at a bike shop uh, about a month and a half ago i had to get my bike fixed and someone had called in asking to purchase a bike, and they ended up being put on a wait list for August. So that's can you imagine? Yeah, that's how in-demand bikes are right now. I can see it because, you know, it, there's no traffic on the roads, and uh, it's an obvious way to get there. And you get there almost as fast. I mean, that's the reality. It's, it's, mm. it's a good way to get around. I mean, I have a bike. I don't drive very far, but... Um, I still have it. For, I've had it for 30 years. Put it that way. Yeah, but your bike only has one wheel, Dave. Actually, you know, I bought it from from Bloor Cycle 30 years ago. I paid 700 bucks, and it's 30 years later, and I still have it. So well, it was half, you you're, quality. you're always looking for a deal. You found a bike for half up, only got one wheel. What do you expect? <laughs> there you go. You're still in the same spot. Take us out, Al. All right. After the break, Dave and I are going to talk about... Whatever he's going to bring up. We've got some listener emails. I'm sure he'll be able to try to stump the chump. And I want to thank again Michael Stewart from the CAA. Check out their website for more information on bicycle-friendly community programs. Take care. We'll be right back. All righty. We're back. And again, my name is Dave Redinger. I'm with Alan Gelman, who's in the studio. And uh, we have an email from a fellow from way out of town who has a 2019 GMC Sierra. Mm-hmm. He's quite, uh, it's an SLT, four-wheel drive, 5.3 motor. And what he's talking about is he, when he shifts from reverse to drive, he gets this fantastic clunk, but it doesn't happen all the time. Had it to the dealer, no joy, and he's wondering if we have any ideas. Well, when he says, uh, it's odd that it doesn't happen all the time. Uh, yeah. Unless- Although, you know, the idle speed will make a big difference. So, for example, you know, when you start a vehicle cold and then you slam it into gear, well, at, when it's 
when you start cold, the idle speed is up at least 500 RPM, and that will make mm -hmm. more of an influence on whatever's worn out. So in other words, if he does have some worn out parts, it's going to be way more obvious at a faster speed rather than a lower speed. But Dave, you remember as, as a mechanic, you know, you put the car up on the hoist, and you, you say, give her, give her, give her. And, yeah. you know, with your foot on the brake, you've actually brought up that idle speed. And then as you move the shifter, you know, the apprentice who's underneath the car will look for where that sound is emanating, where it's coming from. Um, I, I think what we probably want to look at here is either, you know, a loose drive shaft uh, because a universal joint is bad. Um, it could be, uh, and it be. Uh, I'm assuming it's an all-wheel drive, so you do have a number yes. of different joints here, and you also got a hanger bearing that can move excessively. We've seen a lot of those recently, um, you know, because we're seeing way more four-wheel drive cars. So to get the power from the front wheels to the back, you have to have a long drive shaft, and because it's so long and it has to flex, they usually put a hanger bearing there. So we've seen where these hanger bearings, where the rubber ins insulators will actually break and allowing that shaft to move more. So you'll actually feel it right underneath your tush where, where it's, it's going to bang underneath the car. Yeah, that's what he's complaining about. But he says it doesn't happen all the time. So, you know, I never thought about being high idle. Mm -hmm. I recommend that he, he change the transmission fluid mm -hmm. and put in an additive. So I was thinking maybe it was a stuck shuttle valve or something like that. Um, dealer couldn't find anything. But the bottom line here is I would write everything down and mm -hmm. keep records because when this thing slides out of warranty, uh, the problem is may, may turn up and he'll have some way of getting it corrected for, for nothing. Well, exactly. You can go back and say, hey, I brought it in six months ago. Um, here's the work order that says you, you, you look, but at the same time, yeah. nothing was actually done. And now, uh, you know, I'm not just dreaming this up. And then hopefully they'll take care of it for you. Have you I've got a question for you. Have you ever turned down work? Um, yes, yes. I, we've turned down work, but I, I think it's, it's, it's more a case of turning down the customer rather than the work. Yeah. Um, you know, where, where somebody wants to supply their own parts, and then you've got a, not so much new parts, but I would say mostly in, the, in used parts where, you know, they're on a budget, they're looking to save money, and they want to bring some old ratty part in and want me to install it. Um, you know, at, at first, I'll, I'll take the time to talk to them and explain it to them that, you know, I, I, I could actually do this job, but you have to understand, I, I don't want to get into a, you know, can I say pissing match? You know, yeah. where, where, where the, the part's defective, for example. And I didn't supply the part, but, but now you're going to want me to remove the part free of charge, right? Well, I've got a business. We're, we're supposed to be making money here, not losing money. So that's the job that I probably wouldn't want to take on. You know, we actually did a survey, and we found that we were wasting time with certain type of clientele. Mm -hmm. And as a company, we stopped dealing with those folks. We basically spent 80% of our time trying to make unhappy people happy, and the 20% the of the people we were working with we were making money. So we got rid of those 80%, and we worked only with the 20%, and that grew. So it takes time as, as, as a shop to, to analyze mm -hmm. where your business is coming from, who's spending what, and how easy is it to get along? Well, it, you know, you definitely do find people that really their expectations are way, way too high, you know. Yeah. Um, and it makes it uncomfortable. It, it's not fun being the, 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 you know, the guy who's running the shop where you somebody's going to come back for every little silly thing, you know. You know why? Because nobody ever budgets for car repairs. 
I've in my whole life I've seen one person. She had an envelope where she would put money away for servicing her car. Mm-hmm. But it's a it's a grudge purchase from the moment they walk into the shop. You know why the car let me down? I need the car every day. And the bottom line is they don't budget for servicing your vehicle. It's it's one of the really bad. Uh, I guess uh, episodes of our business. It just Anyways, shows you. We gotta take. Yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say the music's coming, so we gotta go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing the radio's working, eh? Yeah. Go ahead. I'll take us out here. <laughs> uh, after the break, we're gonna have Darren Bossenson from Triangle Tire. We're gonna be talking tires, not two, but four. That is better the way. If you're gonna buy new ones, that is the way to go. Anyways, this is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be back with Darren Bossenson right after this break. Okay, welcome back to Dave's Corner Garage. Uh, we have Darren Bossens with us from Triangle Tire. Uh, Darren's been with us for quite a while. And I didn't know, but Darren, Triangle Tire is 40 years old as a company. That's absolutely amazing. Yeah, they were founded in 1976. And uh, they've been manufacturing all segments, passenger light truck, medium truck, OTR, and uh, special trailer. Your, yeah, it says here, Triangle Tire produces 900 types of radial tires in more than 280 sizes. That's a gigantic company. Yeah, the, they, they've got four factories, um, and they're huge. So uh, I know uh, their overall production right now at for passenger light truck is 18 million tires, and they're wow. expected to expand out to 30 million tires by, I think, 2025. 2026. So is Triangle new to Canada, or have they been here for a while and we just haven't been promoting them? They've been here for a while. They We actually used to sell them years ago. It was a brand that we, we had, and then um, it just kind of evaporated. They um, I don't know if they moved into other markets, or they started, uh, as you know, we, we, we like to have exclusivity on brands, so they kind of took that away, but they're back with us exclusively and, uh, yeah, full force. Now, for people who, who, a lot of people may not know the company. I mean, I hadn't heard of it before myself. Uh, I've gone to the website. Now, just to, to ease people's minds somewhat, you know, because they're kind of nervous. They haven't heard about it. You guys offer warranties on these tires, right? Absolutely. We've got a three-point warranty on all triangle tires, so we, that includes a 30-day trial. Mm-hmm. So as uh, we've spoken before, if you uh, if you don't like the tire for whatever reason, the ride, etc., you can bring it back and get your full money back. Right. Uh, we've also got road hazard replacement. So if you within the first 25% of wear, if you end up hitting something, a nail, etc., you know where the tire gets. Uh, damage beyond repair we'll uh we'll, we'll do a replacement program there and then we have a mileage warranty as well on uh on almost all the uh, models that uh, are in the lineup and then of course your standard uh, workmanship and material uh, is also included that's super and i understand that you're going to be manufacturing um uh in north america you've got some new plants opening up shortly um, they, well, they've got, uh, right now they've got a R and D center in the U S uh-huh. um, they're most of the, uh, Asian factories. They're always looking at uh, expanding out, uh, globally because uh, essentially they're all globally global factories now. So at the end of the day, um, um, we could, uh, we could end up in the U S but we're not sure at this point. 
Dave? Trust you right now with everything. I was going to say that, you know, people are saying uh, Asian factories. I I looked up a little bit of information. Uh, Michelin has two production plants in China. Bridgestone has six. Goodyear has two. Continental, two. Pirelli, two. Yokohama has three. Hankook has four. I mean, everybody's building tires in Asia. So there's no real difference between what we're having here as Triangle or anything else out there in the marketplace. Uh, agreed. It's uh, you know we've got to get away from country of origin as far as yeah. good, bad, and ugly because at the end of the day, uh, some of the top manufacturers manufacture out of China. Um, it's, it's it's the swing has happened many years ago. It's uh, uh, you know China definitely makes uh, good products now. They they actually innovate now. They used to kind of copy or reverse engineer stuff, but now they're into innovation and and doing their own thing. So. You'll see. Uh, you'll see technologies move forward for sure. Darren Allen here. Now you're gonna, go ahead, Allen. Ask him about trailers. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> that time of year. Actually, I saw somebody on the way in. They were waving at me, and they they really weren't dressed. It was kind of weird. Speaking of trailers, um, <laughs> really. Okay, ST tires. What's that mean? ST specialty trailer, so that would be your RVs, your boat trailers, your your small little utility trailers, um, all run on ST tires. And um, you know, most people are normally looking at the tire, the tread depth, um, but that's not the only thing you have to be concerned about, eh? No, definitely. Um, as we spoke before, STs are essentially they they don't wear out because typically the the way the tire is constructed, so. Uh, what you want to look for is, you know, whether they're dried out, any kind of cracking, uh, discoloration of the rubber, um, you know, even time. If you've had the trailer since new, uh, you know, after, you know, eight, you know, seven, eight, nine years, it's you basically want to start looking at getting new tires. Um, always check the pressures. That's, that's important before you go out on the road. And it's actually a good idea to do uh, maybe get the fasteners retorqued. You know, because there's, there, there are wheel-offs uh, that do occur. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's always a good idea to get them, uh, get them torqued. And always grease your bearings and all that. Like, you want that trailer to, you know, it's following you behind. Uh, and, you know, you're in your car doing, you know, 100, 120 kilometers an hour. You, wanna, you want that thing operating properly. Yeah, people don't yeah, realize, Yeah, just little eh? tires. Right, they're exactly. Just a little. Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, they have to spin, like, twice as fast as your, your the tires on your vehicle to keep up to that speed. So... Do you find that you get uh, warranties like people overloading them and, and abusing them? And, and, you know, like the idea is it sticks it into the water and then pulls it out, washes the grease out of the bearings, and the whole thing overheats. And it's just, it's a mess. It's one of the most problematic segments because of that, you know, some of the things you spoke about. That it's just people typically use them, you know, part, you know, part of the year, not full year. They, they just sits beside the house or in a, in, in the garage or, you know, it, they, they don't get maintained like the, the vehicle yeah. they may be towing. Plus you've got to realize that some of the, you know, the OEs, they manufacture, say a, a, a camper trailer. It can hold X amount of weight. They put tires on to hold that weight. And then people load it up with coolers, with ice and beer, um, their fishing gear, all their stuff. And then essentially it could be overloaded. Now, do you, you're one of the few companies that actually still sells trailer tires. Most of them have walked away from this market. Yeah, mo- like most of the majors have uh, have walked away from from ST tires. Uh, most of the, your production on those are going to be uh, Asia based. So locally, they uh, they just don't even bothered. 
Yeah, there's 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 basically one major manufacturer that still does manufacture them, but uh, most people have got got out of that business. Darren, can I just and, and, ask you a question? Really right now, it's just one of the biggest growing segments of the uh, tire industry right now. Just a question quickly. What's pricing like sure. on a trailer tire? Is it the same as a car tire or less? No, it, it'd be less. Like you, Depending on the size, because they can range as, you know, they can get down as far as 12-inch rims up to 16-inch rims. Mm-hmm. Um, so your range would be anywhere from $40, $50 for the tire up to maybe $60, $70 for a, a larger 16-inch, 15-inch. So that's way less than a car tire. Um, but but I, I've seen where, and I didn't realize that myself, that people thought, well, if I find any tire that's the same size, I can use it. But but trailer tires are constructed differently, right? Absolutely, yeah. You don't want to be putting a P-rated tire um, or even an LT-rated tire onto a, a trailer. You want to use an STR or ST-radial. That's what they're made for, and that's what should be on those pieces of equipment. What's the difference? Why, why are they shift different? Um, it, it just it made up in the construction, the, the rubber compounding. There's, there's variations. As we said before, when you have a tire that, that is doing twice the revolutions as, say, the vehicle that's you know, towing it, um, you end up with a lot more heat buildup. So, you know, the, the rubber, uh, the construction of the tire is made to dissipate heat um, a lot more than a passenger tire. Because um, keep in mind, the passenger tire on your vehicle may be spinning at, you know, three, 400 revolutions per minute. It might be doing, you know, double that behind you. Darren, I'm going to ask you quickly. You know, I know you're a performance kind of driver. You've got some, some really neat cars like Dave. Does Triangle have a line of tires for those performance vehicles as well? They do. They do. They have some ultra high performance. They've got a pretty good selection. As Dave stated, they've got uh, uh, a vast uh, skew proliferation. So you, there's there's something for everybody. And how do we so find I, out more about them? Yeah, I was going to say TriangleTires.ca. Okay, Dave. I was going to say RVs. This big business going on in RVs. Uh, is it a separate tire from an RV than it would be from a trailer tire? They well, our, RVs use STs as well. They do. Yeah, yeah. That's why oh. it's such, it, 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 it's booming right now. As you know, uh, boats, RVs, uh, ATVs, any kind of uh, uh, you know outdoor activity type stuff, which you typically tow in. Um, there are you can, they can't even keep them on the shelves right now. So the trailers are the same thing. Fascinating. Now we're going to have a contest coming up where we're going to give away a set of of Triangle tires in June. Tell us about that. Yeah, um, uh, we're going to, uh, uh, I think for the month of June, I think people send in, uh, to, uh, we're going to pull a ballot, and then uh, yeah. one lucky winner will get a free set of uh, triangle tires for uh, his or her vehicle. Perfect. And I'm going to get somebody to get them installed. If not, we'll pay for the installation. Al will do it. And uh, <laughs> he's going to throw in the installation. Let's I, get I, it that way. I was thinking I was getting it up to Wahoo here. <laughs> Yeah, it well, was you know kind of. <laughs> and if people don't know where Wahoo is, Dave is going to explain that one right after the break. <laughs> so uh, for your car or light truck, we're going to give away a set of, of triangle tires. Uh, we're going to have a contest starting in June. Uh, 
Darren is kind enough to uh, supply the tires. Al will put them in, and the show will cover the expense, Al, so you'll be okay. Shoo, I was Don't starting to sweat here, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the wheel weights are on you. <laughs> Everybody Darren, say it again, trianglesires.ca. That's the website? Trianglesire.ca, correct. Okay, look forward to getting more information, and I look forward to a long relation with tire. I'm going to put them on race cards again. We'll do that. Yes. I'm at the track. All right. Thanks again, Darren. Right after the break, we got Stu Rell from AutoGavel, and he's going to tell us how you can buy a car right from the comfort of your home, and you can be wearing your gotchis at the same time. This is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be right back. Welcome back. It's Dave's Corner Garage. My name's Dave Reniger. I'm with Alan Gelman here at beautiful AM740. I really love this station. Been here for almost 21 years. Been a long time. Uh, bottom line is we're going to be talking with Stu Ralph, who has been a survivor in the auction business by going online. Stu's been in the auction business more than I can remember. I think at least 25 years. Stu, good morning. How are you? 30 years, I'm afraid to say. I'm very well, Dave. How are you doing? Very well. So your Good. business is Hi, one of those that Hi. really suffered. You really well, suffered from the fact of, of this lockdown because people can't come up and purchase cars. So you were smart enough to go online, and you've been working that area for, for quite a while now. Tell us how it is. So it, it's it's um, fantastic, actually. Um, we've um, had a lot of... Uh, just general public people um, uh, come to realize that buying on uh, buying a vehicle online is not as scary as uh, as it could be, and uh, so uh, the dealers uh, the dealers are quite used to it prior before. Yes, um, right, yeah. and uh, but the uh, the general public has gravitated to it, so uh, we've been able to. Um, not, not only maintain the business, but uh, uh, thrive as well. And, now, um, yeah. I was going to say, you brought out a new uh, way of buying cars, and now it's called AutoGavel, which is kind of unique right. to your company. Tell us That's what AutoGavel right. is. Well, AutoGavel is an, uh, an, an app, um, and AutoGavel is um, uh, all one word, autogavel.ca, and um, it's a it's, so you can use it with any of your uh, devices, handheld devices, and it's uh, it allows you to buy and sell vehicles anywhere and uh, from using your phone or or your iPad. Um, it's uh, it's very very cool. The um, app allows you to sell a vehicle from your driveway. Um, basically, you scan the VIN, uh, and then the app prompts you to do a walk around so that you end up with a professional inspection uh, and proper representation of the vehicle. And then that vehicle is posted to one of our auctions, and the vehicle is sold, and you don't have to move the vehicle um, until it is sold and uh, simply have to bring it up to North Toronto Auction, and we manage the transaction from there. So. Oh, so in other words, they bring it to the auction after it was sold, and then you collect the money and disperse the funds from That's the auction. Correct. That's correct. And and as I say, manage the transaction. That simply means that we make sure that the ownership is changed properly and, and so on. 
what this uh, what this means is um, in the current environment and with lockdowns and, and so on, uh, you don't have strangers knocking at your door. You're not getting late night phone mm-hmm. calls and uncomfortable haggling over. Uh, you know, what's the car's worth and, and so on. It's all done at a very safe distance and it's very, very convenient for everybody. So um, it's uh, it's relatively new and uh, so far we've got a lot of people uh, uh, selling and buying from the app, from the AutoGavel app. Now, I have one question before I give it to Al, and that is you also sell equipment on a public auction. Is that available on AutoGavel? Absolutely. So um, uh, ATVs, uh, snowmobiles, uh, travel trailers, uh, boats, uh, and then equipment. Uh, So if you've got, uh, if you're in the landscape business or, or anything like that, and you've got equipment that you want to buy or sell, you can all do it from the AutoGavel app, and um, one of the one of the cool things is is we've got a, an introductory offer. Is that a it's free to download and it's free to upload onto uh, uh, onto AutoGavel, um, but for the next little while there's no sell fee, so it would literally cost you zero to sell the vehicle. Mm. So uh, I got cars for you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'd love to sell a Ferrari. (laughs) (laughs) No, my son put a sticker on it already. So it's. (laughs) it's, Oh, is that right? Oh, okay. Your mark is it okay? (laughs) Go ahead. Yeah, Stu. Just a quick question. I mean, in the past, as as a consumer, you couldn't go to the auction because it was specifically for dealers. How is this different now? Well, we have our public auctions. We've always had um, our, our public auctions, okay. which we still do. We've got one on the 29th. Um, and um, now with controlled access, people can still go to the auction and preview the vehicles. Um, but you're, you, uh, as you say it's controlled access. But then you're bidding online on Saturday. So, um, but um, well, no. My question still- was: Is are, are, are wholesalers and retail people all competing for the same cars? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Oh. Yes. Okay. So that's to your advantage. Is it's not just a dealer that's placing a bid on a on a vehicle. It's multiple people putting a bid on a vehicle. So uh, once again, an individual that's selling his car at the end of his driveway. Um, he's not just going to get one offer. He's going to get multiple bids on the car. Mm. Oh, I wonder, though, if that makes it a little bit harder for the wholesale guy and a guy to, to compete, eh? Because, you know, you're going to have, he's going to be competing directly against retail customers. Well, um, it's, uh, once again, the auction process, mm-hmm. you end up with fair market value on, sure. on the vehicle. And um, so it is to an advantage for an individual to, to sell that way. Mm-hmm. And uh, as far as a buyer is concerned, and as I'm sure you're aware of, with the shortage of vehicles around right now, uh, prices are, uh, are are crazy. Right. It is it is a seller's market for sure. Yeah. Now, for now people, how do we uh, get in touch? Go ahead. I'll ask him about the uh, where he downloads it. Sorry. Where can we download the oh, app? You can download it from the uh, Google Play or the uh, Apple App Store. Or directly from autogavel.ca, and, and it's uh, free once again, and it's free. Yeah, 
So the last question I would have before I give it back to Al is, how long does an auction last? Like, it goes on to the site. How long does it stay on the site? Well, it goes. we like to get them posted up at least a week ahead of time so people have time to shop on them. But the actual auction itself starts at 9 o'clock on a Saturday and is typically finished by 2 o'clock. And we're running, oh. these days, we're running around uh, 300 to 350 cars. Uh, plus, we have 100 um, to 120 um, industrial or commercial equipment as well. And, uh, and recreational vehicles as well. Love it. Yeah. Love it. I can do the show yeah. and buy a car at the same time. Al, take us home. All right, Stu, thank you for joining us. And uh, for some people who are kind of worried about it, we didn't get to it, but there is a guarantee. So, in other words, if something really goes awry with that auction car that you bought, you can bring it back. So, there you go. 72-hour buyback. Woohoo! Thanks, Alan. Thanks for reminding me about that. <laughs> You're very welcome. <laughs> All right, we got to pay thank some you, bills. Stu. We're going to pay some bills now, and uh, we're going to be talking emails again. Dave's got a couple questions for me, and we're going to be discussing the world of cars. We'll be right back. Okay, welcome back to Dave's Corner Garage. And uh, I have a couple of questions for my buddy Al, because uh, it's just the way I do things. <laughs> okay, so Albert, uh, the question is... People have a right to the old parts that you take off their car. How do you handle that? Uh, we ask people if they want their old parts or not. And in a lot of cases, you know, because we have a regular clientele and they trust <laughs> us, they, they don't really ask to see it. Um, but what's really, really worked well, you know, in regards to that, because... As a mechanic, you know, a lot of couple of guys, other shop owners have laughed and said, you know, when you're giving somebody his parts back, how does he actually even know they're off his car, right? Yeah, that's true, too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, here's spark plugs, here's brakes. Did they come off of my car? I don't know. Um, so, you know, there's ways around that. But so often nowadays, you know, when you get the car up on the hoist, you know, with the advent of iPads and, and, and cell phones, you know, I take pictures. Like, I, I had a guy this week who I, I said, you need tires. And he said... Well, what do you mean? I said, well, let me show you. And I snapped a picture, and sure enough, you could see the, the, the cords actually sticking out of the car. So, you know, at that point, you know, you can walk around the back of the vehicle. You take, you can, and, and in fact, you can do videos, right? So you, yes. you, you do a walk around. So I'm standing at the back of the buddy's car up on the hoist. He sees it's his car. It's his license plate. Then I walk around to the wheel area, show him the tires, where the cord is sticking out. Or for the most part, a lot of them these days, I can show a guy a picture or gal, whatever, uh, of a rusted brake rotor or a pad that's been, you know, worn right out where it's actually grinding on the rotor. So that's a good way to, uh, you know, to deal with the parts business. Yeah, and one of the problems is when you have to return the core, mm -hmm. you know, like with, with the, the water pump, for instance. They want the old water pump to be sent back to the manufacturer for rebuilding. So here's a situation where you cannot return the parts to the to the client. So I guess there's a spot where you would take a picture of it and say, here's your old pump. Here's it's out of the car, and uh, we have to send it back for a core charge or pay the core charge. Exactly. That's the other way to handle it. So you know what? Um, I would get $25 or $50 for this part, being especially an electrical item like an alternator or something like that. Uh, if you want to pay that money, I'm, I'm happy to give you the old part back. But, but yeah. seriously, but at the end of the day, what's the customer going to do with the part? 
A very, Make a lamp out of it. A very expensive paperweight, you know. <laughs> well, I think the idea was to prevent fraud. Right. Uh, you know, charging for parts that never got onto the car, mm -hmm. because uh, so with the idea when they did the law, um, it, it was to prevent fraud. And we actually write all this information on a card, and it goes on the wall of your shop. So when people come in, they know that the, what the rules are. Right. You know, like I used to have a sign that says, if you don't call me back, it's 50 bucks an hour for your car sitting on the hoist because we're not working on it. You know, just recently I had to actually rewrite some of my work orders because we didn't have that wording in there. And I wasn't aware of being able to do that, you know, where, yeah. where if a customer didn't call you back in time and you had to reassemble the car just to push it off the hoist, you could actually charge extra for that. So um, that was good for the garage owner anyways. Yeah, well, and it's, and it's good for the owner because the repair is whistled through. It's not held up because of lack of, of information. You know, can I change the pads because they're down 60%? Mm -hmm. And the guy goes, well, there's still 40% left. Well, the truth is, yeah, but that 40% doesn't absorb the heat as good as a brand new pad does. Exactly. And you have less brakes. It's amazing, so, you know. Especially, you know, we're not, as mechanics, we're, n we're not able to actually you know, stop someone from driving their vehicle. So it's a concern. Yeah. You know, we see a car, and I think you had a problem years ago where you tried to sell someone a ball joint, and they said, hey, I don't trust you. I don't think it's that bad. And you gave them the car back, and, and it wasn't within 10 minutes. The part failed, eh? That's correct. The police, it, the wheel came off, and the police gave him a ticket for dangerous driving. And he came back to us to complain. Wow. And I'm going, we told you don't take the car. Right? Yeah. So we basically threw them out. And I wouldn't I would not repair the car. I, I sent it away in a tow truck. I wouldn't touch it. Well I wanna just quickly say, you know, uh, the nice weather is here, people are taking out their classic cars. If you're looking to save yes. money on insurance, haggerty.ca.dcg. Check it out, you can save a whole lot of money. You wanna thank our guests, Michael Stewart, Darren Bossens, and Stu Ralph, Auto Gavel. Go download the app. You can sell your car. Really easy, Dave. I, listen, I'm going to go on auto gavel to sell some stuff. I've got so much stuff. I got a hoist. I got all kinds of stuff I want to move out. You can sell so all that junk that, too. Excuse me, equipment. I didn't see a kitchen sink <laughs> on the site. You know, seriously. <laughs> yeah, but they do sell equipment, so I'm going to put it through his public auction. All right, and gotta run. Thank Carlos Alrighty. for doing it. And uh, Dave, what's the? How do you say goodbye? Keep the shiny side up, the greasy side down, and we'll see you on the flip flop. Take care, everybody. Bye bye. This has been an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM 740.